0: Welcome to the Bards FM Podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Humpty Dumpty Went Splat. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and it is Monday, July 11th in the year 2022. Our world is continuing to unravel in the craziest of ways. As we have expansion, contraction happening in parallel, recession in one hand, and you've got hyperinflation going in another hand, and you have deflation happening in another. So the whole system is out of sync and is beginning to follow all to the ground, just like Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great
1: fall all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put humpty together again
0: yep that's about it right there all right patriots before we begin tonight make sure that if you are going to get a good night's sleep that you're getting the best products you can and that's going to come from my pillow mypillow.com forward slash bards is the bards nation's landing page and that's where you're going to find some of the great deals necessary to make sure that you get the best night's sleep out there, like the MyPillow Classic, which is on sale right now for 1988, or a great deal on sheets that is just why limited supplies last. So get, head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Use your promo code, Bards. You can use that promo code anywhere on the MyPillow site, on the Frank Speech site, and the My Store site. And also make sure and check out their other great products, such as their limited edition set of constitutions and declaration of independence. All of those are there on the Bard's Nation site. That's mypillow.com forward slash Bard's. Scroll down. You'll see all these great deals. You'll see the fantastic product selection. And of course, all of those great deals are for you using your promo code Bard's, B A R D S. If you want to speak to a real live person, call 800 975 2939. 800 975 2939 and you'll speak to a Patriot Pillow counselor who is on standby to assist you with your most important needs. So check it out, mypillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. Well, just like that over the weekend, we went to Nuclear Depcon 4 or 5. New York today released a notice of in preparation for what to do in case of a nuclear attack just out of the blue. That just coincidentally fell on the same timeline that the Gateway Pundit released their findings, that their report today that Christopher Ray and his FBI were completely in uh, in on the January sixth event, and have been lying to Congress. But who's going to worry about that, right? So I've I've put together a little modified version of the New York. Nuclear attack warning, kind of giving you some real sounds in there a little bit at the beginning, just to add some effect.
2: So
1: there's been a nuclear attack. Time to wake up! Don't ask me how or why, just know that the big one has hit, okay? So what do we do? Can we get to be No. There are three important steps that I want you to remember. Step one, get inside fast. You, your friends, your family, get inside. And no, staying in the car is not an option. You need to get into a building and move away from the windows. Step two, stay inside. Shut all doors and windows. Have a basement? Head there. If you don't have one, get as far into the middle of the building as possible. If you were outside after the blast, get clean immediately. Remove and bag all outer clothing to keep radioactive dust or ash away from your body. Step three, stay tuned. Follow media for more information. Don't forget to sign up for Notify NYC for official alerts and updates. And don't go outside until officials say it's safe. All right? You've got this. Wow! I feel good. I knew that I
0: Only in New York are you going to be I told just to stay inside I in a nuclear attack. Wouldn't. I'm sure it's going to be just fine, folks. So good! Woo! So, so fine! Good. That's right, just like that. Don't worry about prepping. Don't worry about anything. Just go inside, hang out in the middle of your home, dust off a little bit of that radioactive stuff, and just it happens that you're in New York, you're right in ground zero, but don't worry about turning into a glowing ember. That's okay. Because you've got this. You've got it, Patriots. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the only thing she didn't say was, when you get the alarm, please bend over and kiss your butt goodbye, because you are going to be done, fried, roasted, just like a chicken. And the only question is, who decided suddenly we're in a nuclear war? Oh, wait, they did that over the weekend in, the, in Madrid. That's where they had that little meeting. They all got together. Remember, the Russian Cyber Command Space Group released the targeting coordinates where all the influencers were hanging out. That had happened to be the White House and the Pentagon and Madrid, where they were hanging out together deciding that, whoops, what are we going to do? Well, I think it's time that we go thermal nuclear war with Russia. Since we started the fight, why not end it right? And so that's about where we're at in the whole state of affairs on the globe. In the meantime, in the meantime, we have Biden, who's promised us now that he's going to fix the gas problem. And how's he going to do that? Well, the beggar-in-chief is going to go beggar and more to the Saudis.
1: ...politically to go to Saudi Arabia with an expectation among the public that maybe there will be a specific deliverable when it comes to gas prices and so forth and supply. What is the burden on the president to come home with something in that category?
3: Well, I... It's up to you to characterize things like burdens on the president. What I can say is what the president intends to do. He intends to use every tool in his toolbox to try to create adequate global energy supplies and to bring the price of gas down for American working families at the pump. And that will be measured over time. Can we get that price down and can we keep it down? And I don't think it's going to be measured on Friday or Saturday of this week. I think it will be measured over the weeks and months to come. And there we will sustain intensive engagement in our effort to ensure that at the end of the day, um, we're having a positive impact on the price of oil and thereby a positive impact on
0: the price. Yeah, that one right there. So you see, the whole thing here that's crazy is in, in, in time of a nuclear attack, first of all, we're going back to that because there is an EMP effect, which fries all the electronics. And so while Biden's is going to go out and grovel to the Saudis to get more Oil, or cheaper oil, we should say, which I'm still not quite sure how that's happening because we've got plenty in the ground here, but somehow that's not good enough. We all know how that game plays. Rupture America, put us farther in debt, tie us to the global market, abandon our infrastructure so that it is left for the Chinese, that sort of thing. And then at the same time, we've got this nuclear threat. That small thing there, right? That little thing where that's like, hmm, Wondering when when that goes off, if the the, uh, anons are going to be chomping on their popcorn about right now. How many of them are going to sit back and watch that mushroom cloud go up and go, hey, that's good, that's cute. Let's trust the plan, baby. Let's trust the plan. Right there, that's it. And good luck, New Yorkers and everybody else, to listen to your radio and TV. I'm sure it's going to be playing just fine. But don't worry, Biden's going to find cheaper gas for you over in Saudi Arabia. I'll tell you. Beggar in chief at the at the helm. Don't worry. But here's an interesting piece here from the Costco CEO based on recession. We're going to talk about this a little bit.
3: Craig, it's David. I mean, you just said, you know, uh, we're not doing bad. The consumer's not so bad. And yet we continue to hear every day people talking about a recession coming. If not, we're already in one. Uh, give me your thoughts in terms of the expectations there and you know how you prepare the company for that possibility or whether you kind of dismiss it to some extent.
2: Well, you never want to dismiss it. If you start dismissing a possible recession, you're going to end up with a lot of inventory. You know, it's all, in my opinion, it's relative. I could say for a lot of people when oil was at its peak and everybody has a different way of explaining recession. Uh, in my view, it's about what you end up with You just discretionary income and in what you're able to buy and for a lot of people right now they are in a recession because they're just trying to survive with just buying gas and making their house payments rent rent payments uh for people with higher income levels they still have this discretionary income to buy goods we have a tendency to probably have middle to upper middle income members in terms of our uh, our customers so you know you don't know what's going to happen you know three months from now interest rates have gone down Uh, we have our own costco credit card that we have with city they continue to grow every period so our credit cards our business the write-offs have not seen any significant difference in write-offs so right at the moment you know we think uh things aren't so bad
0: Nope, not at all. So here, let's break down that Costco thing. And so we kind of get a bigger glimpse as to what really is going on. He mentioned very critically, the CEO of Costco, that their clientele is middle and upper, upper class America or middle and upper middle class America. Why is that important? It's very important because it's also all of that group that has continued to comply to the mask agreement, which is a bit disturbing in itself. Those that you would expect would say no, could not live without their Costco. But also when he mentioned the mention that their credit card is growing, no kidding, because that's what people are doing right now. Further in debt, they're extending every bit of their debt they can to continue their lifestyles that they want because they do not want to let go of what they have. They're fearful of losing what they have. And so they're going to start leveraging more and more credit that they have to keep it that way. This is a very dangerous time in the United States. And it's very dangerous in the whole infrastructure of where we are as a nation, not just the idea that somehow the World Economic Forum is collapsing. The more that I look at this, I'm not sure anybody is collapsing anything other than what they want to collapse. We have this war waging between the elites. We've talked about this a lot. And it's one side and the other side, both of the same coin. And what you're seeing here is an old system that is bankrupt. It's gone. That's the... That's this debt-ridden system with about $4 quad trillion in derivative debt that they can't do anything with. So you're, in order to get through that, you're going to have to re-engineer the societies. You have to get them to accept the idea that there is no other way forward. You have to break everything. So what is what do you need? You need a war. Well, Ukraine itself didn't do too well. But you're going to have to bring society to the brink. And in that, there's probably going to have to be a little bit of a nuclear exchange to make it real, whether it's initiated internally or actually done externally, you're going to have to make it seem pretty real. And people have to get so afraid and so panicked and feeling like there's no way forward that then you need something to be delivered to the people to offer them hope, that perfect solution. And this is what is most concerning is no one's asking for the details. It's kind of like the COVID thing, right? Everyone was well-conditioned leading into that. That They said masks, and then 60 and 70% of the public said, of course, masks, because we have to save ourselves from the pandemic, which no one asked what exactly a mask does. And in spite of the science telling you that the mask didn't help, people wore them anyway and still wear them today because the mask gave a solution for them that mentally they can deal with. Now their brains are fried, but that's another subject. Now, then we went into the injection, the vax, and we offered a solution. And, they, and Foch she even told people, it's not going to cure anything. At best, it might help you reduce symptoms, but that's okay. Roll up my sleeve. I don't care if it's an experimental drug. Shoot me up because I need something to take away my fear. And we're just coming out of that. But to see, the thing is, the pandemics aren't working right now. And this hyperinflation, well, There's enough residual in the economy right now that people aren't really feeling it. They're just spending more. Leverage a little more credit, do a little bit of this, but there's a coming crisis. That crisis is true fuel shortages. That crisis is food shortages, at least from what we can see. And I always put that qualifier out there because we we have to admit that everything that we're dealing with right now is framed in a deception war, everything. And so the latest rabbit hole that everybody's running down is this Hunter Biden laptop thing again, which because of a, a hack that happened over the weekend or, over, or late last week. And so everyone loses their mind and runs after Hunter because apparently Hunter's going to undo Joe, but no one thinks about the second and third and fourth order consequences of this. So just like I've been asking, like, okay, who's actually winning this fight? Who's pulling the strings on these wars? What is the plan? What is it make America great again? What is MAGA? What is the Green New Deal? What is the master plan? What are the visions of these things? We're not asking these questions. We need to be asking these questions because if we don't understand what it is that's before us, how can we make a logical decision? Well, they don't expect you to because they're trying to keep you in this hyper state of reaction, reaction, living, living, reactionary living. It's literally like now, 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 what's next? What's next? Okay. And so people are bouncing from one to the other and they're looking for their savior. So with Hunter Biden, okay, so you take out Joe Biden, who's next in line? And so people are like, whoa, we're going to get rid of Joe. Good. So you want Kamala then apparently. And if it's not Kamala, there's probably going to be a war in the DNC to put somebody else up there because they won't let Kamala. I don't think they're going to let Kamala step into the presidency. She's just too dumb. And so who was going to step in there? Pelosi? That's what Juano Sabin thinks. I don't know whether that's legitimate or not, but I'm just telling you. So this eagerness to always try to have these quick victories is a very deadly trap. And the quickness of wanting things to get resolved is a very deadly trap. Just like our little pacify video here of this like, well, patriots, if there's a nuclear attack, don't ask us why it happened. Just here's some things you need to do to survive. Don't worry, just go inside, clean up your clothes and sit tight. It'll all be okay and turn on your TV and the news will tell you how to think and what to do. We haven't really gotten past that yet. See, here's the thing, on a global level, The world is waking up to something, very profound, in fact. And that is that the world is waking up to the realization that we have all been enslaved through debt and through a debt-designed system. That's a profound awakening. But the problem is this, and this happens in every culture that has been indoctrinated and been subjected to slavery. The slaves don't accept leadership easily. They keep looking to somebody to lead them like their slave master. Haiti suffers from that constantly. The culture itself is a culture that has been so deeply ruined by the slave culture and ideologies of slave mentality that they're always expecting someone else to fix it for them. As a nation, we're struggling with very much the same thing right now. And it's, there is no defining limit here as far as what class, race, color, creed. I don't care. It's, the nation as a whole, because they keep looking towards someone to fix it for them. ask yourself a question, and let's just talk about Q for a second, the whole concept around Q. Trust the plan. Well, if the plan is awesome, why not share it? If the plan is something that we would want, why not share it? Why not give us details on what that plan is so that we can start living into that idea, so that we can start making things happen and transforming the economy, transforming the world into this great new vision? Because if we agree on it as a public, as a society, as a humanity, there's no stopping us as people if we love the idea. We will start working overtime to work together to bring about this new, great new future that we're promised. So the question I have is if the plan, it doesn't matter what plan, but in this particular case, if the plan is so awesome, how come we still don't have any details? And yet we're supposed to trust in it. Like we're supposed to trust in these big word and these big names. This is marketing 101, by the way. This is how you get people to get moving on things. You give them buzzwords and catchphrases and you give them hats and you give them T-shirts and you get them bumper stickers and they start echoing and, and becoming an echo chamber for the idea, even though it doesn't have any substance. So just like this Green New Deal, anybody that spent any time on the Green New Deal understood that it was not going to work because the Great New Deal, which was promising clean energy and we're going to have bullet trains going east and west. And we're going to have this amazing new world where everybody can live close together in these little habitats and little pods in a city. And we can live in low carbon footprint existence. And we can all get our fruits and vegetables from these vertical agriculture facilities. And we can all walk around and not have to drive much. And then when we need a car, we can just rent one. And we don't need cash anymore either. You see, All this picture has been painted, and there's a whole bunch of people in that sect of the ideology that bid into it hook, line, and sinker, and they're like, yes, 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 yes. And so here we are in this transition where fuel costs are skyrocketing, food costs are skyrocketing, and they're so deep in the ideology, their answer is this, it is an important transition point in which we are at right now where we must accept these difficult times in order for us to get to the great new horizon that's brought to us by electric cars, Tesla, and Skynet. There's no consideration for what the true consequences of this are. They don't look at the consequences of mining out of the earth Of lithium and the destruction that's causing. They're not looking at the dependency that we still have on petroleum. Nothing's changed. In fact, even worse, when we get into power now, countries are reverting back to coal, which is one of the heaviest polluters known for fuel. So on the other side, we have oil. We've got the oil people. And Everybody's like, okay, okay, we're going to stay with oil. Well, I don't know that we want to be dependent on an oil cartel anymore. I don't. I'm tired of us fighting wars around the world to secure low cost of oil. We've got plenty of oil here in the country. But do we really have? Do we have to rely on oil all the time? I mean, here's a simple thing, and it's just one of the consequences of a gas-driven society. Gas and oil. Have you filled your lawnmower lately? I don't find that ever to be a pleasant experience because in the end of the day, I don't care how careful you are, you're going to spill it on yourself and smell like gas all day long. It's just the fact of what we accept because it's the technologies we have. We're not getting any real solutions here to a next level of existence. Nobody's talking about creating sort of free existing energy. Magnetic energies or things like this. No one's doing this. Instead, we're we're rooting back again and again, and people are relying on key figures to totally lead us. It's rather ironic. And one of those icons that has surfaced is Elon Musk. And so he has become both for the left and the right, he's become this sort of bridge where people are looking to him to solve the great new problems. In spite of the fact he's a transhumanist, in spite of the fact that his... Skylink is little more than a Skynet program to monitor everybody on the, in this country with more refinement and perfection than anything 5G could ever offer. And let's not forget who's funding that. DOD, Department of Defense, that same Department of Defense that's putting in bioweapons labs in Ukraine and has them in Taiwan and has them actually all over the world. That, that Department of Defense, the same Department of Defense that partnered with the pharmaceutical companies to make sure that you would get an advanced new mRNA shot delivered to you right to your door, no problem. That same Department of Defense that has been waging a proxy war against Russia, which brings us back to that nuclear thing, that little unfortunate side event that when we deal with another superpower, somehow they might actually get pissed off and decide that we need to be annihilated. That Department of Defense. Yeah, that's the one that's been funding Skynet or... Skylink or whatever Elon Musk talks about. But here's a nice little piece. This is by Greg Reese from Infowars. Fantastic piece. Take a listen five minutes
3: Pop culture has touted Elon Musk as some sort of eccentric heavyweight genius with humble beginnings But this is demonstrably false Elon Musk was born in South Africa where he claims he grew up extremely poor, but his family owned an emerald mine As a teenager, Elon would trade emeralds for cash in New York City, and his father bragged how they had so much money we couldn't even close our safe. Musk claims to have had about $100,000 of student loan debt, but he received a full scholarship to the University of Pennsylvania, where he bought a 10-bedroom frat house with his friend Adeo Resi and ran an illegal nightclub. The pop culture claim is that Elon has an IQ of 155, But this has never been tested, and after being accepted into Stanford for PhD studies, he dropped out after two days. After dropping out, Elon began his first business venture with his brother Kimball, Zip2, which was essentially a digital version of the Yellow Pages. The brothers received tens of thousands of dollars from their parents, and yet Elon denies this. An associate of Elon's father, Greg Curry, got involved to bring in investors. But Elon's code was no good so they had to hire on professional coders to rewrite everything zip 2 was then sold for 307 million dollars to Compaq, who later shut it down without ever earning a profit elon made 22 million dollars bought a 1 million dollar mclaren f1 supercar which made mainstream news before he totaled the uninsured vehicle musk then went on to create an online bank x.com he partnered with banking expert harris fricker edward ho and Christopher Payne. All three ended up leaving the company after accusing Elon of lying to the media about the quality of their product. Elon claims he founded PayPal. Before the company was named PayPal, it was known as Confinity. It was founded in 1998 by Peter Thiel and Max Levchin. After losing millions of dollars, Elon's X.com was bought by Confinity in a merger in 2000. All Musk contributed at Confinity was his own power struggle. He made himself CEO and pushed to change the name to x.com. The executive team successfully petitioned to fire Musk while he was away on vacation. Part of Musk's resignation agreement stipulated that all references to founders of the company will be removed from their website, allowing Elon to claim credit, which so far is all he has ever achieved. Peter Thiel then rebranded the company as PayPal went public and sold to eBay for $1.5 billion. Elon made 180 million from the deal, which he then invested into Tesla, SpaceX, and failed company, SolarCity. Elon falsely claims to be the founder of Tesla. Tesla was founded in 2003 by Mark Tarpening and Martin Eberhard, who developed the Tesla Roadster. When Tesla Motors began looking for venture capital, they approached Elon Musk, who had the fake credibility as PayPal's co-founder. Musk joined with the condition that he be named chairman of the board. In emails, Musk was upset that the media was not giving him credit for Tesla Motors and went after Martin Eberhard, replacing him as CEO. He then forced Eberhard out of the company and rewrote the company's history to have himself listed as an original co-founder. Martin Eberhard, the man behind the Tesla Roadster, was promised the first roadster off the assembly line. But Musk screwed him over on that as well and sent that car into space.
0: You can tell it's real because it looks so fake, honestly.
3: (laughs) So who is Elon Musk? Elon describes his father as being an evil, abusive man. His father, Errol Musk, has been accused of being a pedophile and fathered a child with his stepdaughter, who is 42 years younger than him. This spoiled, narcissistic failure, son of accused pedophile, wants to put computer chips in everyone's brain so that we can merge with artificial intelligence. His girlfriend is now bragging how this could all lead to a communist utopia. And strangely enough, former Nazi and head of NASA, Werner von Braun, predicted a man named Elon would conquer Mars in a 1952 novel that he wrote. Which is odd, because NASA has partnered with Elon SpaceX to work towards colonizing Mars. Elon Musk, like everything else in today's modern society, is a fraud, a fake genius, just like fake philanthropist Bill Gates and his fake vaccines. Brought to you by the fake news. Here's a pro tip for dealing with the mainstream media and all of pop culture. Assume it's a lie and research
0: everything. For InfoWars.com, this is Greg Reese. I'll tell you, that's an outstanding overview of Elon Musk. And it's just, just my point is that he came out, Elon was at the very best for some considered at one point what they would call a gray hat in between. But this whole thing is just a show. And we're literally watching this show and, and people love to use that term like, oh, we'll just watch the show. Well, the show that we're watching is playing everybody. And there's no real truth. And yet people are trying to grab onto a win. There's no wins when the elites are batting back and forth with each other. All of it is for the control of us. And that you're just going to have to accept. The only real change and power comes from the people. That was the whole principle of our nation. I mean, take this for example. We're looking at recession fears We're looking at all sorts of price changing and fluctuation going on. The dollar is spinning downwards. We're finding out we're paying enormous costs at the pump for gas by comparison to where we were 18 months ago. Food prices are way up. Just check the cost of milk and your basics to see that. And yet, over on the commodity markets out of Chicago, they're celebrating. Because the ones that have been playing those markets right are reaping in more profits than they ever have. This is the system that we're in. The few will benefit always from whatever crisis the many have to deal with. And so we're really arriving at a point where people have to start getting very real about setting a boundary and what side we're going to sit on. Because this is not a, this is not a path where we're going to have an easy victory. That's CBDC Central Bank Digital Currency, the Fed has said they're rolling it out in February. The Q interpretation is White House have taken it over. It's going to be good. Tell me how it's ever going to be good when you have a currency that is programmable and when you remove cash. I don't care if you put the CBDC backed by gold or not until we have cash and you have an unprogrammable actual true blockchain type currency. You're not going to have anything safe. And when I say blockchain, that means in terms of getting rid of the bank so that you're doing direct transactions from one person to the next. But everything, if you're going to have a true system like that, it has to be backed by a precious metal and it has to be hard currency in your hand. But that's not what's being discussed. This brave new world we're being thrust into, which isn't by our choice, apparently. Because we didn't get a vote, but they've decided what's best for us. And this is where I divert back to all of these concepts of the plan, whatever that looks like. I don't care if you're on the left, worshiping the Green New Deal, if you're on the right, right, worshiping Q. The fact of the matter is that none of these projects have any defined outcomes. America first, what does that look like? MAGA, what does that look like? I want to know details, and we need to demand details. Because if we don't demand details, we're going to auger ourselves right down into a bigger pit than we were before. And look at where we are. This concept of trust the plan has led us right into, well, apparently, on the verge of thermal nuclear war. And frankly, it doesn't bother me a bit. I mean, because this is, if this is where we're going and that's where God's got us going, I'm like, all right, I'm on for this ride. Let's go. I'll see where it takes us. Because I know this. As we all know, we're walking with Jesus. We're good. I'm not even going to stress about it. But the insanity is unbelievable right now. And the, intent, and the tendency to always want to glom on to somebody else to fix it for us. Imagine the innovation power if people came together and decided that they were going to solve energy problems. You'd have all sorts of ideas put on the plate. Forget about ownership, and this is not idealistic. Forget about trying to create ownership and patents and control for profit of a company. Start thinking in terms of how are we going to solve energy problems at a county level. How do you resolve that? How do you create resiliency and stability? How do you do that? We don't have the answers right here. I'm not presenting them. But I guarantee you if you bring in 100 people from the county, from farmers to engineers, you're going to come up with a solution at a county level that's going to start addressing these problems and it's not going to keep waiting for the federal government to solve them. Texas has a problem right now. It's it's heat. The turbines right now on some of the on these windmills are are starting to collapse and shut down because there's too much demand on the current flow and too little wind. Nice little problem with all this renewable garbage we get. And if you didn't know, turbines don't fire up unless they have a natural gas pipeline come in there. T-Bone Pickens knew exactly what he was doing when he put on all of those windmills out out in western Texas, used all that desert land which he bought up, which has one of the largest water aquifers under it as well. He did it all on taxpayer money, And every one of those, he got to sell his natural gas to every single turbine-powered windmill to get it started so that he could produce, quote, green energy for the rest of the world. See, this whole thing has been a scam every single time. And every one of these solutions, when people with the billionaire class get their hands in it, there's always a cut and a back-end deal somehow so they can make another little piece of profit and power. And that's what we're dealing with constantly because that's the billionaire class mentality. I don't care who you are. In that class, that's, how they, they, that's what they do. People don't get there without being ruthless. And so stories pervade these, these new characters. They lead these new characters. Elon Musk now has this amazing story which people want to fall for. I have a, t- a question I've been asking since 2016, and it's a question we still don't have an answer to. Who are the power people behind President Trump? I want to know, but we don't know. And here's a question for you, because this isn't always an interesting one. If you can solve this puzzle, you begin to get to the core of who the power is. How is it possible that after years of not being able to get a skating rink done because of policy and regulations in Central Park in New York City, how did President Trump take that project over and get it done under time and under budget? Because if you understand the politics of New York City, you understand the politics of the mob. And you understand exactly what you're seeing today was exactly happening then. So how did he get through all that paperwork? How did he get through all of the nastiness and the corruption to make it happen? We don't have the details. There's no accusation made here. These are questions that we need to be asking of everybody. And it's absolutely essential that if we aren't digging in to these hard questions, we're not going to get to the bottom truth and we're not going to be able to get out of this easily so when we hear something like the cbdc is rolling out for the fed they're going to light up the computers in february the answer to say well the white hats have it in control that's a default for somebody who's afraid to look at a deeper solution who are these white hats who are the black hats what is this? I mean, this this sort of architecture that we're dealing with is it's always pushing it outward as if something is going to be okay for us to trust because good guys are out there looking out for us. There probably are some, but I don't see them and we don't see them and we have to go before us with what we have. Here's what's real. Gas is $5.50 approximately per gallon in the nation right now. That's real. That's what you're paying. We have Milk in some markets is as high as eight or ten dollars a gallon. That's real. That's what people are paying. And people are having to make a choice right now between mortgages and food. Rent and food and rents are going up and we haven't even been hit with the major rent hit that's coming economically because as these leases are renewed, landowners are making up for lost dollars that they couldn't charge during COVID. The average rent price is expected to jump 40 percent in this nation over this next year. Those are real issues. That's where people's budgets get eviscerated. It's just not like magic money. Because we're not seeing wages increase by 40%. We're not seeing wages increase by 30%, 50%, whatever that prices are. The real inflation rate right now is running at about 25 to 30% in a consumer level of what you're dealing with on daily affairs. Those types of prices, that's hyperinflation. And why is that happening? Because the dollar's imploding. And that's the big big mystery in the middle of the room that nobody wants to look at and don't want you looking at. So the Hunter Biden laptop comes out and everybody jumps on that. And they seem to forget that in the meantime, over here, while we're waging a proxy war against Russia with U.S. personnel that are hired on contract through the Department of Defense and through DOD or through the CIA, they're literally killing Russians, just so I throw that in there, because it's not some mystery game going on over there. Americans are bailing. They're getting out of there because they see how bad it is. But those are, that's a real fight. And that's no different than the Cuban Missile Crisis of putting, or even in Africa, when we had Cubans and Russians advising Africans and we were fighting over there. We're back in the same thing, only this is happening in the European theater. So it's time really to take off the rose-colored glasses, to look real at what we have. And what we have is where can we fix this? Because at the strategic level, we don't have control at Washington's level. We don't have control at a national level. Those decisions are being made for us whether we like it or not. But here's the good news. We don't have to accept. And that's why I brought up that piece about electric cars. In fact, it was in the epic Times today. The biggest reason why people aren't buying electric cars revealed in a new survey. Consumer Reports, which said it surveyed about around 8,000 Americans, found that 61% said they wouldn't seek to own an electric car because of charging logistics, while 55% cited the number of miles a vehicle can go per charge. Another 52% said that the costs of buying and maintaining an electric vehicle are cost prohibitive. But they're excited about the fact that 14% of American drivers said they would definitely buy an electric car because that's up 10% from the last time they did the survey in 2020. People are going to make the choice by consumer purchases of where this economy goes. We're not going to leave capitalism. We might get into a hyper version of crony capitalism, which is where we are right now and moving there quickly or we might truly return to free markets at some point, but that's gonna be up to us. And whether or not we survive this fall or whether we go splat like Humpty Dumpty is gonna depend completely upon our ability as consumers to make the decisions and use our dollars for the sorts of vision and future we want because we haven't left the monetary system yet. We're not living in some sort of idealistic utopia. In fact, if anything, we should be reverting back to what John Galt was wanting in Atlas Shrugged, which was where everybody had to earn their own way, that there was no parachute to save you. That's where we should be. But we're not there yet. Instead, we're in this subsidized capitalism, which is looking a lot more like a socialized capitalism, more and more every day, and we need to get it back. The only way that's going to happen is if we, the consumer, start to use the power of our purchase to make the most powerful vote. We can't fix the voting machines. That's pretty evident. And though they're trying to get this promise that they're going to turn it over, we'll see what happens. But here's what I know over and over. When they roll that CBDC out, if you're going to accept it, you're part of the problem. They can't force you to use it. They can threaten you to use it. They can try to make your life difficult to use it. But the CBDC that's coming out of the Fed in the fall, that's another version of the vax. You have to make the decision on where you're going to go. And if we really want to return ourselves back to a republic with states' rights and sovereignty, this war is being waged as a fifth dimension warfare model. And that means that we have to wage that war back at them. They expect us to comply. They expect us to do exactly what they say. They expect us to now all of us eventually give in to buying an electric car, whether we want one or not, because it's just too difficult any other way. And they count on that. They expect us all to be able to come out here and say, all right, well, okay, I'll just use the CBDC because it's easier. That's what they count on because they're going to make everything difficult. But if that's all it takes to conquer this nation, then we're already dead and it's delivered in the morgue right now. But if we're going to revive this nation, we've got to start tightening up our bootstraps. We've got to start looking down the road, not just right now. And we're doing, I think many many are doing a great job in preparing, building gardens, getting that that base under us. But the next step is that community, that tribe. How are we going to work together to sidestep the system and start coming together not just as tribes within as communities? and then as counties, we have to start creating that network of strength because this system isn't stopping. This freight train left the station, and from everything I'm seeing, nobody is saying stop. No one is saying stop the Fourth Industrial Revolution, and at the core of the Fourth Industrial Revolution are several things which are essential to understand. At the core of the Fourth Industrial Revolution is advanced medical delivery of vaccines, which bases itself on mRNA. That's only going to increase. At the core of the fourth industrial revolution is robotics, artificial intelligence, and quantum computing that will replace jobs of people. At the core of the fourth industrial revolution is the Internet of Things and the transhuman transition hybridizing the human being to where it is now integrated into the AI network. Those are fundamental aspects of the fourth industrial revolution. Tell me one person in leadership in the political sphere or the corporate sphere that's saying we don't need to go here because you're not going to find them. They're all on board. They've already decided that. And if you think for a second that they're going to just suddenly pull the plug on billions and billions of dollars of investment and planning that they've been doing over the last 10 years, you're fooling yourself. But the real is, if we don't put a stop to it at our consumption level, they're just going to keep on rolling. And that may sound like an insignificant vote, but it's not. Because acceptance is 100% of the game. And if we comply, they win. If we defy, refuse to be part of it, don't accept it, they can pump as much money as they want, as much advertising dollars as they want. It's still a dead cat on arrival. And that's where we win. And this is the whole point of this time is, People need to be lifting up their eyes, looking out a bit to the future, asking the hard questions, demanding details, demanding what it looks like, having things truly explained, not this rhetoric that they like to give in a political spin. That political class, they're dead now, or at least they should be, because that sort of rhetoric is old, but they're going to continue to try to adapt and push the garbage down our throat and tell us that we can't live without it. But always keep in mind that we're not living under a government. We are currently being ruled by a corporatocracy. That's what an integrated web is across the globe. And if really we really want power and back to the hands of the people, then we need to start taking it. Why are we waiting for someone to solve energy problems? Why aren't we getting together locally and fixing it now? No one's telling us we can't other than them trying to convince us that, oh, the only way forward is this path or that path. No one ever talks about the other path which is the path of we the people. And yet that path is always there, that door is always open, and all it takes is us coming together and taking the initiative to step in. To me, that is the plan, always has been. We are the plan. And when we come together like that and explode that innovation, the capacity that we have, nothing can stop that. That is truly the words, nothing can stop what's coming. But it doesn't come from the outside. It doesn't come from the top. And it doesn't come from sort of central planning office in, in Brussels. It comes from us in the ground, on the community. And what that defines as is a very unique world where one county to the next county to the next county might have different solutions to different things. And you know what? That is amazing and okay. Because once you create a decentralized network like that, you create resilience and an impossibility that you can ever be taken over again. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight very reflective on the opportunities that have set before us. This point of using our gifts and talents in such a profound way to literally create the solutions that are before us and not be dependent on the others that tell us that we must use theirs. And through that, Lord, we are going to rely more heavily on you for the wisdom and insights that are needed to solve difficult tasks and difficult problems to create innovative solutions at a local level. This is our freedom. This is our steps. This is how we break the connections of the master plan. So we pray that you can guide us, inspire us, and lead us in these times. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Patriots, there's a lot out here of potential that we have never tapped. There's so many great ideas. You know, a few weeks ago, we talked about the teacher and police officer retired who had created a hydrogen-powered car, and he just so happened to be at the shopping, at the grocery store when the active shooter in Buffalo came in, and he just so happened to be one of the people that the active shooter shot. You take that for what it is. I think we all can see where that one goes. Here's the downside to where I see that happen. My opinion, and it's definitely not trying to defame the dead, but here's the problem. The model that he was working on, he was working to my understanding on trying to get a patent on. Imagine if he had shared that idea with 10 people, all of who understood how to do it. That's 10 people that needed to, t- to train 10 more. And 10 more. And pretty soon, you create a decentralized revolution on a solution to, to energy for our vehicles that they cannot control. They can try, but they will fail. And it's the thing about this system is every single time you try to license or patent something, they're going to squeeze you hard. And every single time we seek to do something for profit or gain, you're going to get somebody that's going to swoop in and offer to buy it from you. And if you say no, they're just going to kill you and take it. That's the truth. But it's a very different space when you're doing it just because you're going to do it and you're going to share things to make a change. That's literally the way God sees things. That's reciprocity right there, where we do something good in exchange for somebody to do it again forward. It's always paying forward. It's a different model. We have to think different to beat this enemy. And if we keep trying to play this enemy on the game board that they control, we're going to keep getting stomped and run over like a freight train but when we change the game we start working together to solve problems outside of their control outside of the interest of patenting and control outside of the interest of profiting for critical solutions but instead making that public domain now we're co- starting to move the ball onto our game board and when we get when we take control of the game on our game board we win well actually god wins and we're part of the victory keep your head up and your eyes forward Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep your prayers up. We need a lot of prayers for inspiring people to come together to work and solve these problems. There's a lot of issues we have. And as a humanity, we are not going to get through this unless we start working together. Forget the elites. Forget the political games. Leave it behind. The real solution rests on the ground in our local communities. And that's where God is. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now.
4: We shall pay any price, bear any burden, that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing